This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Bob Camp, co-creator of The Renaissance Show, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we have unintentionally a Batman-filled episode this week. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see John Wick. I was just way too tired after the weekend. I went going to see uh, NXT, WWE's better brand of wrestling this Friday and had a great time over there at the Fillmore, which is right next to the Punchline Cafe where I got to see Wanda Sykes a while back. And... It was great. I, I love the venue. The venue had a very intimate setting. Uh, shout out to everybody in the Fillmore. They did a great job housing a whole bunch of people, both reserve seating and standalone. Great place. Uh, you know, there was uh, tons of bars to go to. Their food, they they you know catered to you as you were seating. I loved it. And then furthermore. NXT, the NXT brand itself, we didn't know who was going to be wrestling in this car. And that's the crazy part. This brand is so great at what they do as far as wrestling and bring it and put it on a great show. I don't think anybody cared or questioned who was going to be on the show. We just knew that we were going to get a great quality show. And that we did, you know, headlined by Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream and, uh, who was it? Matt Riddle, UFC, former UFC uh, star Matt Riddle. And uh, they had a great main event, a very fun main event. I got to see Kushida from New Japan Pro Wrestling, who's now in NXT for the first time ever live. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Along with Io Shirai and all that. I had a great time. But over the weekend, I just had so much going on and it was so much to do. I wanted to make it yesterday, but I was just so tired. I could not make it to the movies. I think I'm going to go see John Wick 3 probably tomorrow or Tuesday. It's going to be a great week of weather here in Philadelphia, so no doubt. But this week, fair or not, I do have a review. I'm going to be reviewing 
Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, which just came out for WB Animation in collaboration with Nickelodeon. And there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to definitely talk about about this thing based on the actual comic from DC Comics and IDW Publishing. Uh, they decided to do an animated movie for this. And uh, we're going to talk about what my thoughts on that and more uh, later on in our talk topic. But unbeknownst to me this week, there's a ton of Batman-related news this week. Most of it, of which I'm going to be talking about, is Batman-related. It's, it's crazy. Like, only one thing. I only have one thing that's not Batman-related this week that I'm going to be talking about. But it's, I mean, if you're a Batman fan, this episode is for you, pretty much. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG, which is going to be Batman. So let's do it. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of of ACMG. All right, folks, so let's start with the biggest Batman-related news right now, and that is everybody's uproar or craze about the possibility of Twilight's Robert Patterson becoming Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman. Uh, reports have gone out and said that he is most likely in the running and the head of the running to play the role of Batman. And when this news got out, of course, you always have fans who, especially online, who always look before and react before they actually thoroughly watch what they see. So they, a lot of people pretty much thought that he's an automatic pick. In fact, he is not yet, but... Reports are saying that he is most likely to be the one that WB picks to play the role of Batman, to dom the cape and cow of the Dark Knight. And there is another actor that's also in the running, too, and that is X-Men's Nicholas Holt, who played Beast in the the younger Beast uh, in the roles of Apocalypse and Days of Future Past and all the other new versions of the X-Men that you got to see where he played it. Uh, I thought he, I, I liked it. I like that character. I like that actor. Uh, and without the makeup, he actually can really look like the role of Bruce Wayne. I think he would be a pretty damn good role. I liked his role as Beast. As Beast. He's done a great job with that. It's probably one of the most one of the most favorite roles that I like about that um, those movies is his portrayal in there. And uh, I think he would do really well in that. I honestly, admittedly, have never watched or had any desire to watch a Twilight movie. Not have It doesn't have anything to do with the actor's portrayals of it. It's just when I saw the trailer and in the trailers, and it just felt like something that was just not my type of speed this was during the vampire era too so true blood was more of my kick you know for my type of vampire genre or lore and that one was a little bit more geared for you know twilight was came off like it was more geared for a younger teen demographic so which is funny because it's, it's like way more teen like than the cw is cw is like just in between that of like a true blood or you know the twilight it's like right in the middle of that you know that's how their shows are and i just never got down there so i don't know exactly i'd never I, in fact i've never seen any movie with robert pattinson at all so i don't i can't really give my true thoughts on whether he's a good role if i'm just looking 
drawn an inference just by his by the way he looks and how he carries himself outside of the studio from interviews and such. He kind of does have the Bruce Wayne uh, aura around him, in my opinion. That's just based on what I saw. I have not seen his acting skills. I cannot say on that, you know. And I'm not. It's not. It's far, far be it for me to say whether he's good or not. I'm just looking from the from a visual perspective. That's what I see, and he looks like a Wayne. He looks like he could be Wayne. You know, maybe not so pale, perhaps. But you know, he does look like the Wayne. He has the hair. He has the look. He has the the charisma and well, the swag at least of a Bruce Wayne. So. I can easily see him, and if he bulks up, I think he will really turn it up. So, and again, same with Nicholas Holt. I think Nicholas Holt will actually play a very good Bruce Wayne. I, I have seen his uh, portrayal, so we'll see. As a result of this announcement, there has been a petition, another petition, of course. You got the Game of Thrones petition out right now. Now you have the actual petition for the the disapproval of Pattinson and telling WB not to use him as Batman because people don't want to see it. I think it went up to almost a million at this point. It's, and same with Game of Thrones. I think that's already at a million right now because people wanted to actually uh, them to do a whole nother season. Okay, idiots. Let me tell you something. It's what... Why is it that we using petitions for the wrong reasons these days? Everybody wants to petition. Most petitions that are signed these days are mostly petitions for fan base related things. It's never about trying to change the world or change the way we do or change laws or whatever like that. It, how many of those we get talked about in, in you know current events or social media? None. There is so much more about what people want to see on TV or what people because I, I don't know if it's because people feel that that's the last bit of control they have in their life that society is allowing or not. I don't know. But it just seems like crazy. And then after the Sonic the Hedgehog situation, people feel like now they got a voice and, you know, we're going to voice our opinion. Can we just use that for other things that's going on in the country? And not only that, if you're going to change.org, that sucks because if you the minute that you sign up to that, they're going to bombard you with a ton of different emails asking you to sign another petition for another thing. And it's, that gets overwhelming. I would even probably... I, I was signing uh, some of those petitions out there at, at a point. And then I started getting all these crazy amounts of emails. And I'm like, no, this is not worth it. This is not worth it. Um, I'll find another way to voice my opinion somehow, some way without doing that. But this is crazy. I, I've heard that people have been had a really big disdain for Game of Thrones uh, this season. And it's funny, too, because some people were trying to, you know, ever since the ever since Endgame came out and Game of Thrones came out with their thing and there was always been a comparison to it. People still say Endgame was the better one. But there were some people who were trying to, you know, shade Endgames. And then all of a sudden we see all these debacles and mess ups and mishaps from Game of Thrones. And it's like, that's karma, man. (laughs) But nonetheless, I have not seen this season at all, but I can definitely say for them to redo an entire season, do you know how much money it takes to get one episode in? I bet you everybody who signed that petition are shooting first and asking questions later or not asking questions at all. It costs a few million dollars to put an episode together. 
CGI and all. They the budget that they're using to make this series, which is funny because now they with all that money that they're spending on doing the show. At the same time, I can understand why fans are angry because you see a coffee cup on a table or you see possibly some Yeezys on and in, in one of the Warriors, you know, possibly or. The, the hand of one of the characters that's supposed to be amputated you know there's a lot of things going on there it's, it's a lot going on there that you know for that much money for that all that work that you've done you now starting to you know mess up multiple times is i can see i can totally understand it but at the same time it costs millions per episode to get done and each episode is almost like a movie it's 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 produced like a movie you know i i it's it's hard because it's like you can't blame fans, but at the same time, fans under, gotta understand it's happened. You just gotta blame the production crew behind this, all of these mishaps and and these righty snapoos that you guys are having. I mean, it's not to say that you guys can't be angry, but some of the demands are just ludicrous. I mean, if you really are a fan, I'm saying this right now. If you truly are a fan and you really want them to redo it. Do what everybody else doing. Go to GoFundMe, crowdfund it, Kickstarter it, whatever. Because and guarantee when you see the amount that they need to make at, at, per episode, yeah, you're gonna just settle and you're just gonna have to deal with it like it's the end of Seinfeld. Which, by the way, I actually like the end of Seinfeld because after watching it a few times, it makes all damn sense. Maybe this will for you guys too. We'll see. But I digress. The Twilight looks like we wasn't all Batman related anyway. But you know. Just to have somebody sign a petition doesn't mean it's all going to work. And here's the thing when it comes to, like, hating on Robert uh, Pattinson and stuff like that. We constantly make this mistake of always prejudging somebody before they perform. This happened. This all started way back when Michael Keaton played Batman, I believe, in 89. And people were like, the guy from Night Shift? (laughs) you know from mr mom how the hell is he gonna play batman and this is before social media this is before the internet this is literally before the internet even came about people were somehow some way word got out that people were not trying to hear that you know he can play batman and were we ever so wrong because he wound up nowadays becoming one of the best batman actors ever you know portrayal whether batman or he said that he set the tone for Christian Bell and Val Kilmer and George Clooney, who never did none of them except for Christian Bell ever like really uh, lived up. Only Christian Bell lived up to the Batman, uh, you know, moniker. The other guys did not. But and, and Ben Affleck, to some extent, you know, I give credit to him. He did pretty good with his portrayal, I believe, in my opinion. And, you know, people just judged him wrong uh Hugh Jackman nobody knew who the hell Hugh Jackman was but was just wondering who the hell Hugh Jackman was and when we finally got to see a picture of Hugh Jackman everybody shut the hell up because when they saw what he looks like with the hair and everything everybody immediately uh shut the hell up and I was like okay now I want to see X-Men now I want to see this and you got to know when that came on X-Men came out that was during a time when people were so tired of seeing bad movies and then and all of a sudden blade comes out and and finally puts everything in the gear and then x-men came out and it was like okay we got one great comic book movie now we got a big you know franchise out in x-men and people were like was this gonna be good and the big focus was who's gonna play wolverine 
because Wolverine needs to be short. Wolverine needs to be this. Wolverine needs to be that. And then all of a sudden, we got a guy named Hugh Jackman who nobody ever heard of at the time. Much like nobody ever heard of Harrison Ford at the time when Star Wars came out to play Han Solo. Nor do we know who the hell a Han Solo was. And then all of a sudden, we see a picture on a ma- in magazines of Hugh Jackman. Shut everybody the hell up. And then we saw the movie and just saw his portrayal. And then we saw trailers. And we got immediately hyped. And then all of a sudden, we're not supposed to remember that we were downing and, and, and prejudging everything before. That's what always happens. People prejudge a situation. Then they see it happen. And then all of a sudden, it turns out to be actually good. And then all of a sudden, people all, all of a sudden erase the history of them berating this. And only a few admit that they were wrong. Only a few. So, I again, I don't know how, I don't know about Robert Pattins, uh, Pattinson's acting chops, but if they choose him, I'm leaving it open. Because how one person portrays one character doesn't exactly mean that they're going to do the same. I'm still waiting on uh, Chris Klein to really turn it over for me. He hasn't done it yet. I, you know, I think American Pie was probably the best thing he's ever done thus far. And then he played Charlie Nash on The Legend of Chun-Li and just... He just became so cheesy and campy, and then he's um, he, he he's like on the Flash this season, and oh god, it is so torturous to hear him. It, it's just uh, I don't understand what was the need to cast that dude. I yeah, so I get people's to stay. I know how Chris Klein is. I have my opinion against Chris Klein's acting portrayal. Maybe that's the same way with Robert Patton, but we'll see. Maybe this is the turnaround for him. Some people. They just have to find their niche. Who knows? This might be his niche. We'll see. So let's move on to some other Batman news. And that is the full trailer of Batwoman coming to the CW this fall. We finally get to see a a beautiful three minute trailer of what we are going to expect from this new from the torch being passed from Arrow. If you guys don't realize Arrow technically is officially dead. As a result of the season finale, which the Monitor has taken him away, and Felicity for that matter, and leading off to what is to believe to be Crisis on Infinite Earth, the prelude to that. But the Monitor has stated that he's going to die. There's no, there's no, there, it's inevitable that he's going to die. If you watch Elseworld when it's all started, that woman played by Ruby Rose, the lovely, lovely Ruby Rose from Orange is the New Black and other movies uh, lately. She's portraying the role of Kate Kane, so she's going to be uh, donning the role, and she had, it was a great first impression of her on air. It was fantastic, actually. It was, and you knew this was coming. We already knew this was coming. We saw the trailer a, uh, a couple weeks ago on Riverdale, the little teaser. Now this is the full one, and the full version season shows us a lot here. A new company named Carvis Security is looking to bring order to Gotham. A woman in front of City Hall who appears to be the mayor announcing that Batman has given up on Gotham and that he is not coming back. A new villain appears on screen threatening the people of Gotham. A cop named Sophie Morris, I believe that's the name of that I heard Morris, has been taken away by some thugs. Sophie happens to be the love interest of Kate Kane. Bruce Wayne, who just happens to be Bruce Wayne's cousin, played by Ruby Rose. If you guys have never read the comics before or even seen the animated movie with Batwoman in there, she is the cousin of Bruce Wayne. She also becomes a gun-toting Batwoman, 
which is like the total opposite of any philosophy that we know of Batman because he doesn't believe in guns. At least the comic book Earth One version, I guess, of it doesn't do it. So we also have that. But a woman then contacts Kate and informs her that Sophie is missing. We then see Kate talk to her father, uh, who was also a cop himself, about working with uh, him to find Sophie. He declines that offer, of course. They also show Kate having memories of when her and Sophie met in the army and they kind of fell in love for the first time. Uh, with a what I'm going to believe is a sergeant of sorts reprimanding them for their relationship. So I see this is going to be a lot of uh, anti-gay messages and, and uh, you know, in, in your windows or stuff in there or going on in there. So um, we later see Kate go into enemy territory to find Sophie only to find trouble, which she immediately handles by kicking all their asses in there at the meantime. She does eventually gets captured by the new villain uh, who is yet to be revealed as to who this person is and she then retaliates against kate by slapping her in the face with a large cricket paddle if you don't know what cricket is it's a it's sort of like a baseball a baseballers game where they don't have a wooden bat they have a wooden paddle and it's probably just as thick as a bat but it's flat like a actual rowing pedal but it's all wood so imagine i mean imagine getting hit with a bat alone let alone a cricket paddle that is, it's a different type of hurt. <laughs> you got to have a bruise that's probably going to, if you hit it right, you're going to smash a jaw or a whole bunch of parts of bones in your in your skull from that. It, it's, it's not a light object, you know. So that's what it seems like. She then um, apparently, where are my notes at here? Yeah, Kate then travels to the defunct Wayne Tower to search for the Batcave in which... She is stopped by a man who claims to be Wayne's security. Kate explains to him that she is Bruce's cousin and continues to open a secret entrance that she is not supposed to know about, but she does. Kate enters the Batcave and sees uh, everything that the Batmobile, the Batman's uh, costume, cape and cowl and such. She then asks the gentleman, who I have reason to believe may be Lucius Fox's son, who also kind of plays a night a character in a book's named Nightwing, which is also the name of the jet, and they do play make fun of that in the uh, animated movie, which is hilarious. But yeah, it uh, looks like this could be Lucius Fox's son, and uh, she asked him to modify the bat suit for her. So we didn't see Kate in the early version of a Batman uh, suit, which she's trying to take down the villain uh, who has Sophie captured. And it looks like she may have that part they don't show. So we don't know what the fate of Sophie is in this. So that's what we're going to see this fall. Um, then it looks like uh, she has taken down the enemies of uh, in, with the citizens of Gotham seeing her. And they believe that she is Batman because she's from a she's from the top of a mountain. And they show they got a just a far away shot of her with the light beaming on her which looks like from afar it could be batman she doesn't have the wig the red hair wig on at the time so the last part of the uh of these trailers shows kate uh, says that she uh gotham thinks that she's batman and she doesn't want anybody to take any man to take credit for a woman and that's where it goes off from there and it just announces that it'll be in this fall i am looking forward to this i believe this will be possibly the new flagship show for the cw universe that is going to be interesting. Uh, this is what I think. This is they're passing the baton from 
from Stephen Amell to uh, Ruby Rose, and I think this is extremely appropriate. I think Stephen Amell and the cast of Harold has done a ton of great work on that show, and I am so psyched for this. This looks absolutely good. She looks fantastic. She looks the role. She, I mean, it, it, she looked. Just looking at this trailer, you can tell how comfortable she is playing this role and how much, how important it was, is to be in this role. And I remember she was on a, uh, I forget, I don't know if it was Jimmy Kimmel or um, one of those shows, or Jimmy Fallon or whatever. No, it might have been Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> which, you know, when they were talking about her playing this role, she actually cried because she understood how important this was for people and especially for uh, women and little girls that will be now seeing her in this light. And I'm glad she said that because it is once you play this type of role, and especially in this day and age when we want to see people that we inspire, no matter whether it's a real person or not, if you're, you know, going over a storyline based on a character that is supposed to represent good in life, you kind of look for that. People have been inspired many a times. Ronda Rousey has been inspired by Goku, for God's sake. Her training was inspired by Goku. I mean... There you go. You just need some type of inspiration of some sorts to get out there. And she understands that. And I love that. And I wish her well. And I'm looking forward to seeing this season, um, this new show. I think it's going to turn everything around, especially after uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, because of the fact that she is not only playing Batgirl, Batwoman in Gotham, that Gotham is in a whole nother universe, is in a whole nother Earth. So... Many people are, have reason to believe that when Crisis on Infinite Earth comes out, that the that that event will actually merge all of these worlds together. Supergirls, um, Earth, or with uh, did they ever? T- yeah, they did. They actually. Oh wait, if I remember correctly, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I just realized. If I remember correctly, her Earth is in the same Earth as Kara. So they're in the same area. So that's all in in the Supergirl universe. It just based on what I remember from Elseworld. So they didn't. I don't believe they traveled to a new Earth to do it. They traveled. Uh, Flash and them traveled over to Kara's world, and then they ended up going to Gotham there. So I believe that she's within the Supergirl universe. But even still, I do believe that they're going to try to merge all of these worlds together somehow so they all can team up on a normal basis and that will be very interesting but i'm looking very forward to seeing that it it, i think it's going to be a big hit it's going to be a majorly big hit this is possibly could be cw's biggest series to date so looking very forward to that um one more batman set of news this is not the only batman trailer that came out this week we also have batman hush the much long-awaited animated movie that people have been dying for based on the batman series by jim lee we get to see this come into motion now we see batman and catwoman running in the rooftop poison ivy asks selena whether batman is her new boy toy only to reveal that she has her own in the form of superman who looks like to be under ivy's toxic spell after Batman and Catwoman take out Ivy, she informs the, um, that compromising Superman was the plan of a man named Hush. Batman discovers Hush has devised plans that included Superman and many of Gotham's most dangerous villains. We see Batman trying to track down Hush, only to be a step behind him, which is rare for Batman. Catwoman embraces Batman, telling him TikTok the trail go- is going cold. 
Hush says that he just ke- that things just keeps getting better as he shoots Batman's grappling line as he is swinging above Gotham. The movie will come out later on Blu-ray and DVD this summer. I am looking forward to this. I gotta admit, I've I have Hush. I have not ever finished that book at all, and I know it's a heavy, heavy favorite of people uh, in the comic book world. And this is, I, I'm looking very much forward to watching this as well. So stay tuned for that. It's coming out this summer. This summer is going to be ridiculously full of comic book fandom. Trust me on that. So last bit of news I have is not Batman related. This is the other only Batman related news I have. And this is Marvel. We're going back to Marvel. This is something I've been saying for a long time. I'm sure other people have probably said this as well. Kevin Feige confirmed Mandarin is going to return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I knew this all along, and it was like, this is something that they have kind of really teased far, far back a long time ago. In the first, like the second phase of Marvel, they teased this. And you guys remember, this all happened during Iron Man 3 era. So it was one of the biggest disappointing things about the 11 years of Marvel, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because people wanted to see the mandarin for so i myself included uh i was i was disappointed i wasn't upset of the whole thing because it 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 was almost they treated people fans treated this the same way that they treated the fantastic four rise of the silver surfer whereas they enjoyed the movie up until the point that galactus did not show his face and all you saw was a cloud and then furthermore for some for some reason for some people it ruined everybody's experience so this is kind of the same thing you saw ben kingsley portray a hell of a role and it as the mandarin and then all of a sudden he's this guy named trevor slatery you know he's who pretending to be the mandarin and it was crazy because ben kingsley's portrayal of the mandarin was so menacing that it put so it really felt a force to your heart that this dude was going to wreak havoc almost almost to Thanos level at the time and then come to find out like april fools pretty much it was like no this is not it so that was a big disappointment but later on a one-shot movie called all hell the king came out which then you know continues the aftermath of what happened to trevor aka you know the quote-unquote mandarin by ben kingsley and he's in the i believe I forgot what jail cell it was because it's the same jail cell that the Punisher uh, and Wilson Fisk wind up being in as well. So they connect. That's how they connected uh, Daredevil to this. But he's in there and then all of a sudden he's getting interviewed by a guy who also informs him that the real Mandarin is out there and the Ten Rings are real. Which also the Ten Rings is based on Iron Man 1 as well, if you guys remember that. But so they've been leaking this whole thing for quite some time and now based on a stated quote from kevin feige at after a reddit session uh somebody asked him were they're ever going to continue the 10 rings organization and the mandarin and he he just immediately said yes it's it's coming now of course with that said a lot of people i can and i i can totally understand this a lot of people are actually wondering like why now why not when tony stark was alive you know why would you know why wait till like that was Tony's literally that was Tony Stark's biggest most treacherous enemy 
Like that was that was like his version of Doc Ock for uh, Spider-Man. You know, that was his dude. That was like Reed Richards. He's like Reed Richards uh, to, you know, or the or should I say Doctor Doom to his Reed Richards? Pretty much. That's how big of a threat this guy is. So a Mandarin coming with no Iron Man. That's going to be interesting. Who that and that's going to wonder who's going to dumb the suit. Who's going to be the one? And it's not to say. It's not to say that Mandarin hasn't faced other, you know, superheroes throughout the history of Marvel. He has. He absolutely has. The problem is, is that we wanted to see the confrontation before, uh, the confrontation of the Mandarin and Tony Stark, because that's where it all began. That's the source of it. So how he's going to come back and who he's going to be facing is going to be really interesting. And how they're going to implement the actual 10 rings. If you guys don't know. The Ten Rings uh, belonging to Mandarin is kind of like a it's kind of like the Infinity Gauntlet light. They were alien rings with alien gems that possesses power. Each of them possess a different particular power, kind of similar to the Infinity Gauntlet, but not exactly in the godlike uh, level that they portrayed the Gauntlet gems and or the Infinity gems for that matter. So. It's going to be, like I said, it's going to be very interesting how they, you know, implement this in and who's going to be the one to face them. Uh, it's definitely not, it shouldn't, it's not going to be Pepper Potts. I can tell you that. Um, he has a daughter. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with the daughter growing up? Uh, I don't know if, we don't know at this point if Riri is going to be the one. Could be Spider-Man for God's sake if they choose to keep Spider-Man in and wind up, you know, holding it. Because, I mean, like I said, the storyline with Spider-Man right now is that he's they're making it seem like they're grooming him to be the new tony stark of that universe i don't know how much that's going to play in with the fact that this is reportedly the last possibly the last spider-man movie that marvel studios is going to be able to produce so i don't know again i pray that it is not I, i i need sony to you know be smart and just take the money (laughs) <laughs> just take the money take the box office money that you guys agreed upon because they need to keep using this character they need to keep using tom holland i feel like in the hands of anybody else it's going to go wrong and i know sony has done really well with the animated version of spider-man with miles morales i think they should continue to still do that leave it alone just leave it the hell alone from there so we will see but he's coming they didn't say when they didn't say where he's coming It'd be funny if he comes in at like Agents of Shield or something like that, which would still be awesome. Because I'd be—I don't know what direction they're going, but they're going in an interesting direction too with this supposedly not Phil Coulson, Phil Coulson, but is Phil Coulson type of situation. I don't know. I'm loving the second episode of the new season of uh, Agents of Shield so far. Uh, hasn't disappointed yet. A lot of things, a lot of uh, questions to be answered this season. So we will see. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it on what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back and review Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the latest DC and Nickelodeon animated movie. We're going to talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. 
This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the latest DC animation in collaboration and association with Nickelodeon, who owns the Turtle franchise. This is a crossover movie based on the actual comic book miniseries of Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from DC Comics and IDW Publishing. IDW Publishing also not only uh, works with the Turtles, has the license for that, I believe they also have the license for Thundercats, He-Man, Transformers, and G.I. Joe. I believe uh, mostly they invest in Saturday morning cartoon franchises, and they have comic book series for them out there. And for some reason, somebody thought of a great idea of bringing the Turtles together with Batman. And somehow they agreed upon it. And it worked. Every single... this They've come out with multiple different miniseries involving the two... I guess most popular franchises out there Batman and the Turtles together and they've had great series this has been highly praised and highly reviewed by many comic book reviewers out there so it was only inevitable in a matter of time that an animated movie was going to come out you know you just got to wonder when they came out with this movie and they announced it people were wondering is this going to be more of a Batman type of thing? Because if it's a Batman type of thing, there's a shred of darkness and edginess to it. Or is this going to be a Turtles thing where this is going to come off like an episode of Scooby-Doo Mysteries with special guest Batman in the gang? So that played a factor in there. And it, if I got to tell you, if you haven't seen this yet, go out of your way to see it. It's the best of both worlds. Literally. They managed to bring both the fun light side and the dark edgy side of both of them bring them together which makes this possibly the most intense version of any turtles anything that you've ever seen so basically this has the teenage mutant ninja turtles leaving new york to search for shredder in gotham which means new york does exist in the world of dc shredder plans to work with raza ghoul or raza ghoul whichever how you pronounce it in order to gain access to the lazarus pit raz also is looking to use the mutagen or ooze as michelangelo loves to call it to enhance the league of shadows so i love this because it's a simple plot it, it you know simple plot with two McGovern uh, items here that they both want plain and simple that can really enhance the power that they have to take over whatever it is they're taking over makes all sense to the world very simple this leads the turtles to team up with Batman Batgirl and Robin the Damian Wayne version of Robin by the way in order to stop the boat uh, stop both of them from completing their plans now just it's a really simple storyline and i love that it just didn't have to be too deep it didn't have to be convoluted that's pretty much what it is if you watch the turtles you know that they have mutagen or ooze that apparently mutates people and shredder tends to use that to create an army 
Ra's al Ghul loves that idea. He wants it for the League of Shadows. Same thing with him. Shredder wants to be immortal. He wants to live forever, despite the defects that Raz probably did not tell him about the Lazarus Pit. Uh, but he wants that immortality. So they're looking to work together and see if they can gel together, they can coexist if one don't just screw the other. And you kind of see that throughout the uh, movie as to how they gel with each other. So I like the concept. It's very simple, easy to follow, and just go ahead. So there's, of course, pros and cons that I have with this I'm going to go over right now. Um, more pros than cons in here. Definitely more pros and cons. I Again, there's not one DC animated uh, series or movie that I don't like. I, I can't even remember the one, any one that I don't like, to be honest. They've done so well. And, you know... Nickelodeon, to some extent, does really good with their franchises, despite the fact of some issues I have with them. But for the most part, oh, oh, yes, I got to mention that, too. Uh, hopefully I won't forget this. But um, for the most part, they uh, they did really well together. They managed to try to blend the best of both worlds. here. So the pros I have uh, was that this is a really fun movie and lots of cool and surprising moments and interactions. Uh, and let me just say this. This is a Nickelodeon project as well with DC. DC is all pro everything. I mean, when it comes to character development, they don't care if you're gay, if you're black, white, whatever. You're a character in the show, and they they have no problem embracing it. Nickelodeon in the past has had issues about that in in the midst of the Legends of Korra situation where... Because of the reveal that Korra was dating, I forgot the name of the other character, or fell in love with the other character, and they end up being together, that they wind up putting the series online because people's disdain for it. This was years before the LGBTQ community really reached out and brought awareness to equality. This was right in the midst of that. This was right near the end of that. And I think this is part of, partly one of the things that started that was one of the one of the catalysts of really bringing awareness and, and acceptance to equality of lgbtq community you know how long it took me to get that right and say that fluidly it that was like a tongue twister at a time but um you know they people was in an uproar against nickelodeon about that and there's a scene in this movie a really small but distinctly noticeable scene where they're in a pizza shop and you're over before all this action comes in there is a part in there where there's a uh there's a woman breaking up with there's a uh, woman breaking up with her girlfriend and 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 there's a it's like a real comedy moment but the significance of that is that they're embracing uh they're embracing lesbian couples in this show and i thought that was awesome uh despite the fact that the woman was being was breaking up with the other woman <laughs> <laughs> and I forget. I really wish I remembered the joke that uh, she said on there because it was really funny. Uh, it, it was more like the, the one the woman was saying to her girlfriend, it was like, it's not you, it's not me, or something like that. Or I think we should be apart. But and that woman said, I don't want to be apart. <laughs> I can't be apart or something like that. And it was crying through the whole thing. So, but the significance of that was that they are embracing, you know, same-sex marriage, uh, same-sex relationships in here. And I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, that's a big turnaround for Nickelodeon. Huge turnaround for Nickelodeon. Uh, I mean, it's, it's happening more often now. I mean, just uh, recently, the uh, the, cart- the kids cartoon author just embraced a gay marriage. It's happening, people. Whether you like it or not, deal with it. So, um, but I digress. Um, there are moments. There, This has to be, in this movie, the most violent, 
turtle movie ever. And that's saying a lot because I believe the first movie, peop, the first movie by J- J- the Jim Henson movie way back in the um, late 80s and the 90s, people thought that was violent. People really thought that that movie was too violent to be a Turtles movie. I mean, jeez, how things have changed. This one here, if you compare this one to that one, new no. People are getting killed in this movie. <laughs> like, I've never seen anybody get killed in a Turtles movie before, ever. There's always been, like, teases of it, but nobody's... No, Shredder throws a shuriken at one of the Foot Clan's head, and you see blood coming out upon him doing it when Batman tries to, you know, get answers from the Foot Clan. No, it's real. That that moment right there set the tone of what was going to happen with this entire movie. And that also led to uh, a really cool fight scene with Batman versus the Shredder. And much to my surprise, Shredder beat the living crap out of Batman. I mean, he just, he took him down. And not only that, kind of a gangster move that Raj did, I mean, with, um, with uh, Shredder did, he beat him down. And he said, the next time I see your ass, your ass is dead. And walked away, and Batman ain't do a damn thing. I'm like, dude! <laughs> to all you Bat religious fans out there, I know this is going to be a butthurt moment for you. I'm telling you now. This is not going to be good for you at all. So, continuing on, we got Batman. Uh, I mean, to his credit, Batman, you know, he brushes it off. And he does get some wins over the Turtles. However, so does uh, Robin later on in the, in the uh in the series too when they fought when they first interact together but eventually they be all become allies as you would think and uh th- you know against the bigger threat of Roz and Shredder and there's a lot of great interactions between them as well uh so you got that and then one of the most standout performances in here as far as performances I got to give once again credit to the one and only Troy Baker this guy is a phenomenal, I don't understand, this is a, this guy almost looks like, um, Allison, uh, Bradley Cooper, I was about to say Allison Cooper, he, <laughs> Troy actually looks like Bradley Cooper, when he, behind the scenes, if you guys ever seen Troy Baker before, it's a great looking dude, I've only seen him do, I've only seen him portray voices, only, I don't know what's the midst of that, I don't know, I've, I've looked at his IMDb. I don't recall ever seeing anything he's been in live action. He's been involved in some of the most spectacular video games and animated movies or series out there. I mean, like he is the top one of the one of the top paid voice actors out there next to Nolan North. And there's a reason why those guys, those two guys are absolutely astound, outstanding. Uh, just his level of of voice he could change it i mean if you've heard him before he played pain on naruto shippuden and the voice is just so his voice is just so commanding it just draws you in again like i said i've said this many times I've, the first time i really paid attention to him was when he did infinity blade 3 on the mobile games and my goodness that man is fantastic so he's this is not the first time he's played Batman before. He's played Batman other times, I believe, possibly in another uh, animated uh, movie or series. But he also played the role of Batman replacing Kevin Conroy on Batman Arkham Origins, if you guys remember that, which was like kind of a prequel to the Arkham series. And he did it, he did really good. He did good, but you could tell it wasn't Kevin Conroy. This version, this movie... I couldn't tell the difference. 
I really personally couldn't tell the difference between whether that I kept asking myself. And, and I, the bad part is I knew that it wasn't Kevin Conroy. I knew it was Troy Baker. And I couldn't tell because he matched it. He matched it really well. Like if he really, God forbid, if you ever wanted to, you know, set Kevin Conroy up for some reason, he damn near could get away with it doing his portrayal. It's, it's crazy. He sounds absolutely uncanny to the Kevin Conroy portrayal here. He, he did tremendous here. It, it just stuck out so well. But he also plays the Joker as well. And he does a Hamill version of Joker. You could cut not as well as he does his Kevin Conroy version. But he does a great Joker. He does a really great Joker. Um, does it? He, he does it best to the respect of Mark Hamill. But I think he really stepped up his game with Batman this time around. It was really awesome. Um, not only that, his portrayal, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, this man could do no wrong. <laughs> he's not He's not done anything wrong. Brian George, uh, if you know that name, if you recognize that name, he played Rogers, Ra, uh, Raj Cooper, Polly's uh, father in Big Bang Theory. He's on here as Alfred. He does really, I think this is not the first time he's played Alfred either. I think I've heard him play Alfred before on other animated uh, series or movies and before but he does great in here as well especially when he uh, interacting and dealing with Michelangelo they uh, have a lot of comedy moments in here as well Tara Strong you know if you know she's in here most likely you also know that uh, Holly Quinn is in here as well so she does reprise a role as that as well as Poison Ivy in this one as well Uh, we also see other villains such as Mr. Freeze, Bane, the Penguin and Two-Face throughout the movie in here. So there's a huge role gallery that the Turtles face out here. And a lot of things that develop within all of these guys, including the Joker, um, that, you know, mixes in with everything that's going on between Roz and Shredder in here as well. So it, they managed to put all this together and make it work. The movie is well-balanced with fun dialogue and pacing here. Uh, you could tell what parts Nickelodeon did and what parts uh, were contributions of dc and warner brothers as well so with that said i do have a couple cons in here while the animation was great for this movie and some of the character design was okay it wasn't enough for me to really when it comes to the turtles at least i felt that the character design for batman was good was actually pretty good not nowhere as good as what they normally do like if you've seen the trailer for hush or any of the other movies that they've done with batman or the justice league no doesn't compare to this but the character design is just okay and that part of it is mostly because of the turtles um the animation definitely felt more like a nickelodeon style than it did a dc animation style um and mostly because the turtles they they when it comes to the turtles nickelodeon i don't know what they're doing i think they're trying to be very artsy with the characters, uh, with the character designs of the turtles over the years. But I know for a fact, as a fan of the turtles and have been a fan since day one, uh, when it came out on Saturday morning cartoons, the character design and the fact that I love drawing, I used to love drawing the turtles back then, whether it was the old uh, comic version or the cartoon version. I love drawing those. I absolutely love that. I love the character design about them. But as the years go by, as decades go by, we see a deterioration of, 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 character, of the character design. It's like more diluted and dumbed down. Um, I, it's just like, it, it, I don't understand why they do this. And, and that's not saying 
anything about this movie. The, the, the character design in this movie for the Turtles is much better than their recent uh, series that's out right now. I, do, I absolutely do not like it. I do not like that, uh, that style at all. Just does not work with me. Of course, and the bad part is I'm older now, so it's like my opinion of it gives a rat's ass about it. But these new kids are like, they're looking at this now for the first time and it's like, this is good for them. If they saw what we had back then when they first started, they would probably put out a petition of damn self <laughs> about it. But it just doesn't live up. It just doesn't live up at all. Um, they, I mean, the 80, if you see like the 80s cartoon, original 80s cartoon was so great. And then later on, late, years later, Fox Saturday Morning Cartoons did one, which was okay. And it was not as it wasn't as good. But like, if you look back now, if you compare it to the recent versions that has come out, that second generation version looked way better, way better than this. Uh, than there, I mean, it's like they just don't look like turtles anymore. They just look like blocks with shells on at this point. And uh, yeah, it just it just went down. Like the best one, the best movie that I think that ever did a great character design that was outside of the 80s version was the wb cgi T, um, tmnt movie that came out i think in 2007 and it was uh done by the defunct animation company imagi animation studio which i am i so still disappointed to this day that 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 uh company closed down if you guys remember magic did some really really great animated movies um they did turtles which was probably one of their best they also did uh astro boy which was i which i thought it was okay it wasn't like i i liked it uh for what it was worth it was good i you know i like the animation the animated version of um astro boy and i think that was the last one that they did but to those who didn't know or made know if they stayed around long enough, they would have. They were in the path of doing Gotcha Man, which looked really good. We got to see, at least see a trailer of uh, Gotcha Man at the time, and The Legend of Zelda, but which unfortunately both of them got canceled and they ended up closing their shop. And I don't know what the hell they're doing now. I, I this is like, Imagine is like the animated studio version of Telltale Games. It's like they did so well, and then unfortunately they couldn't stay afoot. And I wish people were able to save Imagine. And those projects, like they are, like this company that's saving uh, Telltale Games to finish the the uh, Walking Dead series again. Because man, I, I I felt like this company had a lot to offer. I felt like they had a lot to offer, man. So, and then uh, I guess the only other con or negative I had for this was Ben Garrox, if I'm pronouncing his name right. I hope I'm not butchering his name, but his role as Robin, the Damian Wayne of Robin, fell off for me. It really fell off for me because, and I don't want to blame him. I think this his his portrayal, his actual acting is not in question. It's the portrayal of it, which then possibly leads to the direction of why of how he was portrayed. So he's only doing his job here. He didn't. He say he sounded convincing like a Robin, just not the Robin that I was expecting. His character portrayal felt more like Jason Todd at times more than Damien. I couldn't tell at times which version of Robin I was supposed to be looking at until later on when you've got the more pompous snide comments of uh, the two of, you know, the Damien uh, Wayne's versions, which I was like, okay, this is Damien. This is obviously Damien because Jason Todd doesn't make snide comments like that. He's a little bit uh, sarcastic at times, but not like uppity at times. 
uh, Stuart Allen, who has been playing the role of Damian Wayne throughout the uh, first few DC animated movies, Batman versus uh, Robin, um, the what is it? The not the Young Justice, uh, but the Teen Titans versus Justice League, and he's been playing that role for quite some time. I love his portrayal, and that was his portrayal was no joke. He felt like he had a Vegeta like presence for him. Uh, he he absolutely his um he came off a lot more cocky and entitled with less humor than in Ben's portrayal. But Ben's portrayal was like there was times he was like sarcastic and he was kind of jokey and comical comedy like which is kind of more like jason todd's portrayal but you know it was only like at the end it was like okay i guess that is damon damon waynes uh so it was like i didn't really particularly like his portrayal and it had again it's not based on the acting of, of of his acting ability as much as it was the direction the character direction of it so it, that, it just really, it didn't feel like the Damian Wayne that I've read in the comics or um, even saw in the in the recent other ver, uh, movies that we had Damian Wayne in there. So, but it, it to me, it didn't take away from that. Those two things did not take away from the fun that I had with this movie. Overall, this, merv, this movie is absolutely worth seeing for both Batman and Ninja Turtle fans. Uh, it was a fun ride from start to finish. Lots a Batman, lots of Batman and Turtle fanfare going on here. Baxter Stockman is also in here as well. It was uh, really cool to see in here. So all of it felt like everything mattered and it belonged in here. I loved it. Um, there is a lot to gather and a lot more as it appears that if you watch the end credits, there's going to be another one coming. And I won't spoil the end credits for you, but it's a lot of laughter going on at the end. So uh, ever after watching this movie... I, I'm more than welcome a sequel for this, and I even love watching it again. I, I, it was it was just a lot of fun. It was very much a lot of fun, and it managed to mix the uh, best of both worlds in there. So overall, I give it a B plus. Definitely worth to see it. You know, character design and all kind of diluted, but it's still pretty damn good. It's a great story, fun story, simple story, and a lot of fun. A lot of great action in there, though, in there, definitely. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Thank you guys so very much. Um, just want to give a big shout-out to my uh, to a good friend and neighbor, DJ Cutman. <laughs> a lot of you guys know him uh, from the chiptunes uh, scene out there and the, uh, you know, the nerdcore scene out there. He actually is, I mentioned him before, he actually is not only a friend of mine, he's a neighbor of mine. Uh, we had the pleasure of, you know, hanging out with him a few times. I've interviewed him. It's one of my earliest interviews ever. Um, and funny thing is he is out there. Like he is way out there. I remember when I used to work at, uh, the Alzheimer's association, I used to listen to podcasts all the time. I was listening to Chris Jericho's podcast and he had Xavier Woods in there. And a guy, if you guys know, Xavier Woods is a huge gamer. And in fact, he has his own really extremely popular series, Up, Up, Down, Down. And when Jericho asked what music he listened to, of all people, of all people that I hear him recommend, and the first person that comes out of his mouth immediately without, without like any mention, DJ Cutman. And I'm like, holy crap and i immediately contacted him I'm like dude you got to listen to the, um chris jericho podcast it was awesome it was absolutely awesome to hear that. that's really high praise coming from that realm and this dude just lives up the street from me this is how i live i i live 
in the realm of great talent. Shout out to Adam Shub as well, uh, who lives, who's also neighbor of mine. He's a great pixel uh, painting artist as well. Love those guys. And um, I'm, this is one of those times I'm just really blessed. And I re- and the reason why I mention it is because uh, after um, meeting up with him and talking to him yesterday, uh, you're going to hear a lot of his music on this show in the coming weeks because courtesy of Game Chops, I will be... Um, playing a lot of his new stuff some of his old stuff but i am i am now getting access to a ton of different music so we're going to change things up i don't even know if i I may even change up the theme uh the theme music for select start in this case when i start uh, binging through his library because he has an insanely huge library he's constantly coming out with stuff um he does have a new album called mario and chill right now which is really awesome as well uh, a lot of Nintendo related stuff. I remember getting his first, his actual first album that I've ever come across was Meow Meow and Bow Wow, which was a great tribute to uh, Zelda, one of the Legend of Zelda games. Uh, I believe it was linked to the past, if I'm correct. But he's he's constantly doing it. He's very famous at this point uh, in that in the nerdcore realm. And uh, you're going to be hearing a lot from him. So, you know, shout out to him. Good looking out and thank you for him. And I will definitely have him on the show very soon. Definitely very soon. Uh, he's constantly doing a lot as well. So we are going to uh, definitely, I am I'm very, like I said, I'm very blessed to be able to have talented people like him, like Adam, um, you know, be, uh, you know, acquainted with them. Uh, all of the people who's been on this show, it's just been awesome. So stay tuned for that and much more. And again, this week, we're going to have select start. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to have the new music on there yet or whatever. I, it's, it's, he has a lot of library. I'm going to have to really check out and see what I'm going to use for, for, um, sorry, for have him shoot up to me. But um, we're definitely going to be having that as well this week. There's going to be some talk, uh, maybe some new reviews coming as far as that and some news going on in the gaming world. Next week, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm definitely going to check out uh, John Wick 3 this week. So I'm definitely going to mention and talk about what I thought about that next week. But I don't know if that's going to be a talk topic or not, whatever. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of things going on right now. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Please keep continuing to follow us. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Xavier Josiah. You can also check me out on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer uh, line on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, along with Dave Meltzer for retweeting my tweet with uh, the bro man himself, Matt Riddle, as he enters the ring from the uh, NXT uh, Philly show that I went to, and uh, just awesome. So you can check me out on Twitter as well. I'm not I'm more on Instagram than I am on Twitter, but I still technically, you know, go on Twitter whenever I have something to talk about there, you know, check out. But mostly on Instagram as well. And if, I'm also on ACMG on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1. You could also listen to this show on talktimelive.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and I believe Podbean as well. I feel like I always miss out one because there's so many damn outlets you can listen to the show now as well. And thank everybody for listening, no matter where you are, if in the United States or around the world as well. So please keep us going. And again, you want to listen to some of the best 
names in all things anime, comics, movies, and games, check out our exclusives page on TalkTimeLive.com or go to TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusives for that and much more. Folks, that will do it. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Saver Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. People, have a great week. It's going to be great in Philly. Take care.